I wanted to give something of my past to my grandson. So I took him into the woods to a quiet spot. Seated at my feet, he listened as I told him of the powers that were given to each creature. He moved not a muscle as I explained how the woods had always provided us with food, homes, comfort, and religion. He awed, then I related to him how the wolf became our guardian. And when I told him that I would sing the sacred wolf song over him, he was overjoyed. In my song, I appealed to the wolf to come and preside over us while I would perform the wolf ceremony so that the bondage between my grandson and the wolf would be lifelong. I sang. In my voice was the hope that clings to every heartbeat. I sang. In my words were the powers I inherited from my forefathers. I sang. In my cupped hands lay a spruce seed, the link to creation. I sang. In my eyes sparkled love. I sang. And the song floated on the sun rays from tree to tree. When it ended, it was as if the whole world listened to us to hear the wolf's reply. We waited a long time, but none came. Again I sang. Humbly, as invitingly as I could, until my throat ached and my voice gave out. All of a sudden I realized why no wolves had heard my sacred song. There were none left. My heart filled with tears. I could no longer give my grandson faith in the past, our past. At last I could whisper to him, it is finished. Can I go home now, he asked, checking his watch to see if he would still be in time to catch his favorite program on TV. I watched him disappear and wept in silence. All is finished. beautiful welcome to the for we are many podcast um that was uh i should not have closed that tab but i need to pull it back up because i want to save the link um but that is mako's soundcloud um to search for Wolf Stories Mateau, and it'll be the top result. Um, but I will have the video link, or the audio link, rather, in the um, video description. <clears throat> um, most of you have already met uh, Mako. He has been on, what, two or three times. Um, he's also known as the Invisible Warrior, and he's got um, a recurring blog. Uh, the link to that will also be in the video description. Um, I, I, I guess I'll just let you take it away, Mako. Okay. So we're going to be talking today about eight wolves that were poisoned in Elahi. Elahi is a Chinookan word for was commonly known as the Pacific Northwest. It includes uh, Oregon, Washington, and Western Idaho. And the word literally means the land. So this is the true name of the land up here. And these eight wolves that were poisoned, um, this is being called one of the largest poaching cases of the last 10 years and there was testing done to confirm the poison 
Colonial Wildlife Agency responded and they tested a skunk and two magpies that were found near the bodies as well. All of these tested for some kind of poison. I don't think that they're releasing the name of the poison, probably because they don't want other people to copycat. But yeah, that's the official story, how it's gone down there. And, you know, so some of the ways that we think about this is, this is caused by colonialism. You know, all of this is. And uh, there's a little bit of an anti-wild element too. Yeah. Uh, in industrialized humans wanting to control or to kill what's wild. So we view these agencies as illegitimate. The I mean, you from U.S. Fish and Wildlife to Department of Natural Resources (BLM) EPA. Um, Canadian and uh, so-called Canadian and Mexican agencies uh, all across the continent. Uh, uh, rightful stewards, we believe rightful stewards. And as Floyd Red Crow Westerman teaches us, all of the water here on Turtle Island was drinkable. And with 100 years Within a hundred years, all of the water here was tainted, poisoned. And so I know this to be true um, because of my work protecting wolves in the wild. I've spent time on the front lines in Idaho fighting the wolf struggle there where thousands of wolves have been killed. And one of the things I learned about the water quality there is every in the entire, quote, so-called state of Idaho test positive for E. coli. There's cow shit in every source of water from the colonizing European bovine on our land. And to the extent that boys will have water earnings and the people in Boise are used to this now, they just shine it on like, oh yeah, drink soda for three days to avoid the E. coli in their water supply. They're you still bathing this, in this that, is that. Pink eye. They're still in E. coli. Uh, yeah, that's how much they love their beef, this European bovine. Oh, God. I, Which I, is I, just I, ridiculous I, to me anyway. I, I mean, with the size of the buffalo herds that were already here, um, to bring European cattle here doesn't even make sense. Um, especially when you correct. consider that, that um, buffalo is beneficial to the environment and cattle is not. I mean, on that point right. alone. Um, yeah, while we're on the topic of, of rightful stewards, though, um, I wanted hmm. to just point out that, that you use that hashtag a lot. So if people hmm. are on Facebook or Twitter and they, they want to see uh, what you're talking about when you're talking about rightful stewards, they can find your posts easily by searching that hashtag. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And part of that thing I wanted to touch on while you brought it up is the anti-wild, anti-wildest thing. And I recall on an episode out of the book, Seeker of Visions, Reindeer Seeker Vision, you recall the episode where because he was a rodeo clown before he was a, a medicine man, if you will, where they had made a 
like a 2,000 pound Brahma bull fight a bison. They made them fight because they're always trying to dominate the the native and dominate the wild with their uh, European domesticate. And uh, the bison ends up shredding that Brahma bull. They went to charge each other and the bison sidestep and just cut it right open. So, yeah, they're always trying to, to challenge and, and, and uh, do it that way. The same way they're using um, dogs to, to hunt bears as well and, as and the wolf. Yes, bears and wolves, the very topic we're on to here. Um, exactly. Wow. I, I guess I never really like looked at it like that but i mean that that is the same mindset that like trophy hunters have right um you know you just have to show that you're the the dominant the top of the food chain right of entitlement to kill and that settlers are domesticating themselves humanity is domesticating themselves through this colonization red power Um, but yeah, so, you know, we think that now, now is that time because some of our populations are, we're getting pretty close to being ready to assert our Sierra. We're talking about revolution and I talk about it in a previous article I wrote on my blog called Know, like the, these wildlife issues drove some of us to revolution. I think, I think the air should be concerned about that. Um, you know, like a lot of the, the people that the so-called U.S. has stepped on along the way, they're coming back. And we're uniting with other oppressors. That unity politic that I'm always stressing. Yeah. And so some of the indigenous peoples, our bands are endangered or extinct. Some bands like a certain certain Paiute bands were re- reduced to like. and have now uh, reproduced back up to 5,000 in number. I'm looking at the numbers for Sinban Potawatomi, which is one of my tribes. We are now the fifth largest tribe um, in the so-called US with 25,000 members. Um, so the empire should be concerned about 25,000 invisible warriors, you know, it, once they can no longer distract us with church and, um, can no longer fool some of us with capitalism and neocolonialism, um, their shit's really going to come unraveled. Use that. There's only two things this country. I think he froze. I think so. And that's true. I have to remind that uh, a lot of, and this is why we use indigenous rule. I have to remind that to um, a lot of folks. I'll go to like white only gatherings and and tell their tell that to their whole gathering, like thirty, hundred people or something, and I'll tell, tell them that quote, humble them and bring it back to reality. 
Um, you kind of cut out. Uh, could you repeat the quote? The quote. Uh, yes, it's uh, this country only fears two things, and that's Indian uprising and slave revolt. Yep. And so to go to something like I don't know, like a earthy where almost everyone's white, and tell them that is very powerful. It's very humbling, um, and it brings it back to that indigenous rule issue that we're pushing. Um, on this, and and as it relates on this rightful stewardess, that science can never benefit us under capitalism. Right. We talked about that um, a little bit before we started recording, uh, because under capitalism, mm -hmm. uh, what was the quote? Science is for sale. Yes, that's Invisible Warrior, my quote. Science is for sale. Yes. Right. Right. It's being and held hostage for profit margins, and we see that negatively affecting every fucking facet. Not just the environment, but, you know, healthcare, all these other things that we keep bringing up, too, because of the way capitalism and colonialism has negatively affected all the people here, you know? Right. Like, it hits the nail on the fucking head. A lot of right. scientists rebel with us from behind the mask, and they work for some of these agencies. One of them reminded me that when you do the scientific report, you have to look and who's having to report that. Yeah. Because literally science is for sale. <clears throat> But, um, you know, we're just seeing the parallels of this from the uh, from Kwame Ture and the, the all African revolutionary people's uh, party and its relation to red power and the pan in the nature of the pan indigenous alliance that we're forming at Allahi Spirit Runners. That's what's necessary to finally get control of our own destinies um, as pertains to, um, you know, land, land back, but, but not only that, but like culturally significant animals such as the wolf, right? Um, the, the complete uh, restoration of Turtle Island, our plants, animals, water quality, air quality, habitat, religion, languages, our religions, the complete and full restoration of Turtle Island to the highest degree possible. to the highest degree possible. And so these agencies, we believe that every computer, vehicle, tool, all their buildings, everything they have belong to us. And We've reached the understanding that we we know that it's a myth that that white people are going to restore our power. That's why we're about self determination and and we will have to assert ourselves on agencies. Well, and I mean, just, just because, from like a, a, an objective perspective, um, it, okay, so we talk about like, you know, trying to fight climate change with these types of agencies, but what do they do? Nothing. They, they raise all this money and they, they do nothing with it. If indigenous people had the access to those resources, 
I'm willing mm-hmm. to bet that things would change in a very short time frame um, because we've we've gotten right. the landscape is so different today because of colonialism. Um, and, and so much of that goes back to farming European bovine. That's obviously a, uh, recurring topic and it needs yeah. to be. The ecology would change immediately. Um, I'm glad you brought, and it's because if we had dictatorship over our own land, rule we could our own environmental standards and you'll see a little taste of that is like old blackfeet confederacy has better protection of their bull trout and if they decide one year the bull trout numbers are too low they'll say hey nobody's fishing bull trout this year we don't care what you think about it, but on what's left of our land that we have agency over, ain't nobody fishing bull trout until the bull trout numbers come up again. You know, so I could, right, which I could. See I mean, it. realistically, that should be a common sense approach, but as we know, common sense is not involved in colonial agencies. Right. <laughs> absolutely not no they are gonna be and because the capitalism too capitalism uh gave birth to colonialism uh, uh patriarchy racism all these things actually stem from capitalism yeah so they're gonna be more interested in selling like fishing licenses they're making a lot of money with that out of state licenses are atrocious so we've got you know just rampant exploitation of our culturally significant resources because bull trout are significant to the the blackfeet people um and you know like the story that we started off with we we're proving that wolf is sacred and culturally significant to so many various indigenous peoples from the loss of our oral tradition in the beginning we even had indigenous peoples fighting us on the issue because we had more sold out tribes um Yeah, the neo-colonial element, and that confused people. Um, but we're hip to it now, you know. Uh, not everybody who looks like us is really on our, our team. And so we know um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's my voice, so I can name names, but we had some opposition from Fort Hall. What's up, you sellouts over at Fort Hall? Wolf is sacred. And we're going to drive that home, whether you like it or not, Red Power. Um, but yeah, we recognize those sellouts amongst us. And uh, and we're strong against them. We ain't giving no uh, leeway to these sellouts anymore people who would betray our culturally significant animals for whatever they're getting as a handout from the oppressor. When you were on last time, we talked about how wildlife agencies fear indigenous resistance and unity of the tribes. What can be done to drive home that unity? Because, I I mean, like... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I guess I guess I can't really like say much on it because I haven't. Obviously, I haven't experienced mm. it. I'm not indigenous, but I would imagine that there is is a good amount of disagreement uh, in in how to move forward in in the tribes, just like there is with yeah. everybody else across Turtle Island. Um, 
Uh, that's correct. So one of the the sayings I I say is indigenous people will never reach consensus. And so this is also part of why we've formed this pan-indigenous resistance alliances so that, you know, we can have a, a powerful organization from the resistance element because these tribal governments that you're seeing are a neo-colonial element. And they don't really necessarily speak for the people. And they certainly don't speak for the resistance. So they have the same kind of setup and influence as the colonialist government does too. Yes. Yes, their whole existence is reliant on the colonist. In fact, that's what sovereignty means. I think I've said that before on this show, but it's a power, that's a power under, not a power over dynamic. And so we're actually talking about indigenous rule here, full dictatorship over our own land. And we wanna use the strongest language possible because it'll sort out who's really on our side or not. We wanna use that spark of agitation to find out who really loves us and who's just pretending. And I would like, uh, if you could take a moment and elaborate on that specifically, because most people, when they hear the word dictatorship, they think of fucking Hitler. And that's not <laughs> what you're talking about at all. And I get that because we've had conversations about this, but would you explain it to the people listening so they know what you mean of specifically where and how that applies? Well, it has to do with um, origins of people's homelands, um, the fact that our bones and our blood is mixed with the land here, um, power, power dynamics. Well, power dynamics is probably the biggest part, I would tend to think, because... I, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but uh, indigenous people have been stepped on and oppressed for hundreds of years at this point. Right. And uh, so, I, I mean, it's it's a matter of, well, as, as you've already alluded to, it's a matter of self-determination. Correct. Yeah, as Franz Fanon points out, he says... Decolonization literally means the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And on this continent, the continent of our origin, that we're older than the volcanoes, we were always here. That's what they're lying about. There's no land bridge. Um, we're Our oral traditions literally places back over 125,000 years when the volcanoes were exploding in certain regions. So you match it up with uh, geology. Um, but yeah, it's, the, it's like the opposite of what's happening now, where we have the least amount of agency, where 1.3% of the population... Um, and I'm going to be talking later about the Indian Removal Act, but it's led to these political climates that we're absent from. So it's created a tremendous amount of tension with settlers, um, settlers of color, just uh, uh, non-natives in general organizing on our land not with us but over us and at our expense their very existence <coughs> their very existence is at our expense um and then they don't understand our animosity um john trudell said look at them surprised at our anger 
so yeah they're like shocked at our animosity when their whole existence is on top of us so we're 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 fighting white supremacy african supremacy um different elements on our land that aren't ready to bow down to the complete dictatorship of indigenous peoples on our own land and specifically with Elahi spirit runners that's what we're looking for we will work with anyone who agrees with indigenous rule and so a lot of people are at that point of understanding and ready to unite but a lot of them aren't for their own selfish reasons marcus garvey say africa belongs to the africans and so by that same understanding turtle island belongs to turtle island indigenous the indigenous of the western hemisphere period there's no argument about that except colonization exploitation right. as the united nations says that indigenous lifeways are the remedy for the planet and so that's what we're saying here too you know this power dynamic is what's killing the planet colonialism is killing the planet and the capitalism that gave birth to it agreed actually we've been talking about uh well maybe not been talking about not like a recurring topic but we had a discussion the other night about uh you know so, so like democratic socialist countries in europe that use socialist means to keep capitalism in check but they're still their wealth is still built uh at the expense of the global south like, you know, whether it's exploiting peoples in Asia or exploiting peoples in Africa or exploiting yeah. peoples in South America, um, their wealth is still yeah. built on the backs, uh, on the oppression of others. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good that you bring that up because you've got countries like Belgium who, who claim that they're like a, a world leader in the in, in chocolate um and then they don't own a chocolate um tree in their entire country every literally everything that they're claiming themselves to be great from is at the exploitation of africa so yes uh, good political summation there red power and, and I mean, it also just goes to show that Europeans can't necessarily figure out their own shit. Uh, so, you know, why the fuck should we try to, you know, like exert control over the whole goddamn globe? It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. There's 900 nations here. That's the thing is when we start to assert ourselves, you have to remember it might even be legal because you don't know whose court it's according to we have 900 nations red power we're gonna make people recognize that here pretty soon you know like until i read this this blog actually i didn't realize that there were that many i mean i kind of figured there was probably like a couple of hundred but over 900 nations is yes yeah there's a hundred and 80 so in in uh as mexico so once you include mexico we have wow. about 900 nations and we need to be respected we're we're not asking either we will assert ourselves so this uh, is a little bit off topic but okay. how much like cultural overlap is there between nations like i mean in terms of like spiritual belief like Oh, there's a ton of overlap. That's why it makes sense to form a pan-indigenous alliance 
after you know wrestling these last 200 years of colonialism we've become intermarried we're significantly intermarried so that really makes sense to form a pan-indigenous alliance like me myself i'm potawatomi dakota and blackfeet three major tribes across the north you know or i'll i have friends that are like they're literally have five tribal makeups five tribal bloodlines so now we're very intermarried, which is going to lend itself to this pan-indigenous alliance, and the empire should be concerned. Red power. We're also going to get unity by calling out and putting pressure on our neo-colonial Howland. And we know that they will not protect us. Uh, who, who? And fun. I apologize for interrupting, Deb but who Helen is Deb Helland? The head of the Department of the Interior now, and she's a Paiute woman. Oh, okay. I thought the name sounded familiar. That makes sense. Yeah. And so we know that she is completely in cahoots with the colonists. Um, one of our affiliates wanted to write her a letter. They kept saying, what about Deb Holland? What about Deb Holland? I was like, look, we clearly understand neocolonialism. We've read Kwame Nkrumah. I'm not going to waste my time with this. And you're not going to waste my group's time with this. But on your own, why don't you write that letter? Because I want to see, I want you to see with your own eyes, what response you'll get from these neo-colonial sellouts. She said, okay, Probably I'll do that. nothing. She writes the letter, she gets a response. Oh, really? And it, and it says, I'm not going to do anything that, that uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't tell me to do. That's basically the short of it. And I was like, look, that's exactly what we told you. And so I'm, I'm, I'm also tired of this. I told you so kind of stuff because I, all my predictions come true and I'm literally tired of telling people I told you so it's like our so-called allies are acting like our indigenous point of view is last to be considered. That's white supremacy. Yeah. You look at our point of view first on our land. And then if you do that, you'll find out that quite often we are right and correct about many you have been wrong about. We all told you that Biden was going to be this way. And you wasted a year and a half effing around with it. We told you Bernie Sanders was going to be a train wreck. And you wasted literally years of that because you have white supremacist indoctrination. It's time to start seeing the indigenous resistance first. First. On our land. You want to see white people first? Go back to Europe. You know, and so these eight wolves here, the power has to be taken back. We've seen recently um, up in Manitoba, um, indigenous folks asserting themselves against parliament up there. And I was kind of waiting for that to happen, you know. Um, and I feel that our education is influencing the entire continent right now, which is exactly what I had hoped for. So it's really kind of a 
kind of a beautiful thing there. And, you know, we're just trying to get our friends, so-called friends, to see that. Like, why, as a capable leader, I'm targeted, chased with helicopters, you know? People apparently want to assassinate me now. And so all of our enemies know that I'm capable, that I'm a threat. But all of our allies are too allergic to the truth and too racist to embrace the only thing that's going to save them because indigenous lifeways are the remedy to the planet. And because indigenous rule is the only thing that can unite the races of Turtle Island. Red power. So it's time to start paying attention to the invisible. You know, it was what? It was Kwame Ture who said, make the conscious, make the unconscious conscious. Right. Agnes Baker Pilgrim. We are the voice of the voiceless. Oh, and so we can be a keystone species again, too. That's what we could show the rest of the world. Human beings used to be at one time a keystone species, just like the wolf. Right. And I, I think that cultures, m most cultures all over the world have, uh, you know, embraced this capitalist mentality of consume, consume, consume until everything's gone. Um, and I, I don't believe that that's our role on this planet. Mm -mm. No. From studying the tribes in Allahi, I know that there's a process of giving back. And one of the things that they did up here relentlessly was planted indigenous food crops everywhere. And now that's that's real meaningful direct action. Right. Um, food is essential to survival. And... Mm -hmm. um, restoring the indigenous plant life and the indigenous animal life, but restoring indigenous plant life is a, is a hell of a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can still be done. We've had some people in modern contemporary times, you know, going out on horseback with 50 pound bags of seed and, um, you know, I've planted a few small forests and stuff by now, and I can just, I am starting to get a feel of what that would be like in your mind to be able to say, like, I planted back acres and acres and acres, red power. Yeah, I mean, um. I think that even even the people that don't necessarily see um, the importance of indigenous rule still agree that our uh, food systems are entirely unsustainable. So mm -hmm. I, I guess like what we have to do is show that indigenous rule can remedy that. Um, mm. And I, th I think history shows that personally, but um, some people got to see it with their own eyes. And I think that's about probably the most meaningful uh, direct action that I've seen out of almost any group, uh, if not any group. I mean, you know, we see like white leftists starting like communes and stuff with a little bit of land to farm, but that's not restoring the land 
Um, that's feeding yourself, sure, which is still important, but that's not restoring the land. That's not planting food forests. Um, maybe you can help me find this real quick. If Kwame Ture has addressed everything, so he said we're not, one does not, um, it's about not trying, not waiting for whites to, um, oh man. So the way that you're saying that is like where we have to win the influence of whites to work our program. That's and not what I intended, but I completely see how it came off that way. Uh-huh. And so I just wanted to, to address that, I think, and I'll find the right quote for it here, but it's that we're just not waiting for that influence of the colonists we don't care what the colonists thinks whether they have their approval we don't seek their approval um if they're afraid of indigenous rule we don't really care um we don't seek to alleviate their um anxiousness about it and we don't seek their approval it's it's 100 a power issue and a lot of it needs to be remedied directly from indigenous people. Indigenous people have to, they're mandatory obligated to participate in your own liberation struggles. Indigenous folks, that is a message to you from the invisible warrior. You are mandatory obligated to participate in your own liberation struggles period red power and when we do that you'll find that we start getting the respect that's been missing for so long marcus garvey say a people without power and authority are a people without respect that's why i say red power I say to our allies, you know, how long will you, how long will you see us disrespected? And then I realize forever, you will, you will forever see us disrespected because you benefit from our subjugation. So ultimately it's that self-determination, the real punch of this movement has to come from indigenous peoples themselves, red power. Right. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe my wording um, wasn't the best, but I wasn't, I wasn't saying or trying to imply that you were doing it to seek their permission. But I think that you worded it a lot better than I did. But I, I think that essentially um, people are going to see that that's the right path, whether they like to or not, after it's happening. Um, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I definitely did not mean to to imply that um, maybe you were asking permission. And I, I totally get how my wording of it was problematic. So thank you for pointing that out. I'm almost skeptical of what you said there, too, because a lot of settlers and like these climate change groups, as soon as they get our ideas, they think, oh, well, we can do that better. We're white that's that's fair too but i i don't think that it should be white people doing what you're doing i think it should be indigenous people doing what you're that's talking correct. about yeah we go up to these how i've started dealing with 350 on my land which is a very problematic group 
um, is I go up to their, their, when they table now and I grab all their flyers and I rip them up and I throw them back at them. And I say, you do not have consent to organize on my land. So this is how we've gone about dealing with some of these people because they don't understand the psychology and the power dynamics. They're the ones making us invisible. And so we have to topple all those um, European groups, any non-native group on our land. Um, they have to, they, to be authentic, they should be functioning under indigenous rule. Right. That's the thing too. How can Europeans even try to say, we know what's best for this continent? As, as you've already pointed out, your, uh, oral history goes back like a hundred thousand years. Um, yeah. Europeans in general have only been here for a few hundred years and we've made everything worse for everyone and everything around us since we've been here. <clears throat> yeah. So that's to think, so to think that Europeans could fix the problem is ridiculous to begin with. I think. Yeah. Um, the audacity. Right. We just we just covered how Floyd Red Crow Westerman said they poisoned all water in a hundred years and the audacity. You know, and we find that with the wolf struggle too, when we've taken over some of these buildings and we confront staff. Some of them are so and these are wildlife agency people and they're so colluded with colonialism that their rebuttal is like we brought the wolf back from extinction. Oh my God. Wow. Like they're entitled to some thank you like that. When if you rewind the timer, they were the ones that made them go extinct in 1953 to fucking begin with. Right. Colonial amnesia. Well, like and I mean, we the same can be it. said about any other species that has been endangered since Europeans have been here or the species that have gone extinct since we've been right. here. Um, yeah, to even imply that. that we can fix it is just nothing but arrogance and white supremacy to begin with. Absolutely. Thank you for exposing that. And we further support that with a list of extinct species in Europe. Because everywhere they go, they leave a trail of extinction. Extinction. Yeah. The great auk, the Caucasian bison, the winset. A lot of these are animals that people don't even know they existed. Well, and same goes with uh, biodiversity for foods. I mean, you know, now we primarily see sweet corn, for example, at the supermarket. Right. How many species of corn were there on Turtle Island before the factory farming of the last hundred years? Hundreds. I would say maybe, maybe 200. And that's an indigenous plant. The same. Right. Same story we see with the potato, which actually originates from Peru. People think it's Irish. Well, they're quite mistaken. And there was at one point 180 varieties of potato in Peru. Red power. That's insane. And, and I mean, I've read about like dozens at least of species of tomatoes as well and i mean what do we see mm. at the supermarket right. maybe a couple of species but generally a species of either roma or beefsteak yeah exactly and, and that's that's ridiculous as well not to mention that these tomatoes were grown to survive being shipped instead of grown for flavor and nutrition so mm -hmm. like again what the hell are we doing um but yeah, I mean, we've seen our biodiversity be slashed 
since the revolution of factory farming. And um, it, it's no matter what angle you approach it from, it's completely unsustainable. It's not good for us. It's not good for the planet. It's time to go back to traditional indigenous methods of growing food. Um, and obviously white people mm-hmm. can't fucking do that. I mean, I, I barely know how to garden by European standards, let alone, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know simple concepts such as the three sisters, because we're taught that, you know, like in school, or you can find that out at like the museum, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about, uh, food forests like like you've uh talked about before you know like you you had that picture of a valley and you were saying you see desert i see a food forest yeah and and i mean like i don't think most of us know even what species of plants that grow near us are edible or let alone how to cultivate them that's right i've seen 13 ancient gardens and what colonists would think was a desert wasteland because i've spent time with the land you know to have that relationship with yeah right but on on these uh wolf thing there's one more thing i need to touch on is the bolster the warrior societies element because i pointed out the problem of what and talked a little bit about remedy the 900 nations but also so that it's up to the warrior society to enforce these laws not up to the police right so you've got people going around saying abolish the police and on the other hand they ignore the indigenous people basically how they say it in the same breath and so uh, we're saying and i'm a member of one i'm a member of a kichita heoka which literally means that i'm from a warrior society that's older than the united states and i was put in that by the warrior society leader himself the one before the one that's prominent now there's one that's prominent now and they're like well how do you even get accepted by that the one before i was like hey i was in the right place at the right time following my destiny and that warrior society leader said hey you have a good heart i want you to join my warrior society i didn't try to join his he he recruited me because I have a good heart. So there's a lot of people out there spread rumors or they're very judgmental. And, um, you know, it's kind of like somebody who doesn't know how to swim trying to give advice to an Olympic swimmer. I'm in the pool every day, hitting backstrokes, hitting butterfly, tearing it up. And you can't even swim and you have an opinion fuck your opinion red power fuck yeah that was a that's a pretty good analogy honestly right oh yeah it's up to these ancient warrior societies to catch these poachers nobody has faith that the wildlife officials will catch the poachers they won't there's no profit there for them. Why would they bother? Right. And and so you, you two know as well as I do that a systemic racism is involved in that too. Absolutely. I don't give a shit about animals that we believe that are sacred. See, because their own tells them the big bad wolf tells them... Right. You know, the the Bible is like, protect your flock, kill the wolf. Malcolm X even uses that horrible wolf analogy. And so it's only anti-colonial politic that can overturn that contradiction. Red power. Fuck yes. You know, prior to like 
us starting, you know, like talking the first few times, I like, I mean, same thing for European stories. We're always, you know, like the big bad wolf, uh, for example, or Mm -hmm. I mean, little red riding hood, if we're getting into German folklore, but, um, Mm. Yeah, that we always have this like negative conception of the wolf, and I think that's done intentionally for a very specific reason uh, at this point. And I had never even seen it as problematic until um, until we started talking to you, you know, like more in depth. And well, it's problematic, and it needs to be addressed ultimately. Right. Right. That being combined with people being raised with that drive to dominate is sickening and how that ends up affecting the environment, the wildlife. Like, these are innocent wolves. They don't deserve to be fucked with like that. And the EPA doesn't protect shit. No, I, I mean, but that being said, even colonial wildlife agencies acknowledge that wolves positively impact the entire ecosystem. But then do nothing with that knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's just one more example of why why the land has to be in control of the rightful stewards. Right. Right. Because this shit wouldn't be flying if, if this was actually in the hands of tribes to handle uh, the environmental agencies instead of it being in colonial hands. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, this shit just wouldn't be fucking allowed as soon as that study is coming to the table going here's the positive impacts we can see something would be taken to help boost that in the environment not just ignore it like oh but we're going to keep hunting them even though we can see they're beneficial that would not be fucking flying at all i mean wolves over time can steer rivers yes i i mean that's that's powerful right Like everywhere that we have seen wolves getting reintroduced into areas that they had been hunted to extinction, we've seen these environments bounce back and come back into balance because they have everything they need there back. It's fucking important to preserve the wolves we do have. Ask the birds how they feel about wolves. Nobody let them have a vote. A lot of birds really like wolves because they'll, and I know this from living with wolves, they'll pick up the wolf hair and put it in their nest. Yes. Yes. So I like, even when I brush my huskies, I put that hair outside for the birds to make use of that soft, warm fluff for their babies. Right. That end, a lot of them that uh, are scavengers will eat the carrion and stuff that's left from whatever the wolf hunts. It, right. It's beneficial. They're, they're not just feeding themselves. They're feeding others that can't hunt other big animals. Right. And, and I mean, like wolves, basically, I guess the way to sum it up is wolves bring the ecosystem into balance. So yeah. when we're when we're allowing wolves to be poisoned or we're allowing wolves to be hunted or otherwise eradicated from the landscape, we're destroying the entire ecosystem. We're throwing <laughs> everything out of balance. Yeah. Right. And that's um, suicide. Exactly. Exactly. And, and colonial agencies shouldn't even have the. Jeez, um, Rev. Um, colonial agencies shouldn't even have the power that they do over the landscape because, I mean, from what right. I see, they don't do anything really positive at all and if they do manage to save a species i air quotes i probably should put up there if they do manage to save a species from extinction it's only because they cause well i mean not necessarily them but colonists cause the extinction in the first place right that's correct so i I mean i to circle back to that idea of like them wanting to be thanked for stopping so uh so to speak, mm-hmm. a problem that they're responsible for. Um, Savior right. complex. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, no, that that's just accountability. 
once again. Uh-huh. Doesn't even qualify as justice because he can't undo the harm that was already done to the animals that had been there. And to bring up another one of your quotes, Mako, there can be no justice on stolen land. Stolen land. Yeah. Yes. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? We're, uh, we're a little over an hour now, so, um, it's probably a good time to start wrapping up, but if you got any like final thoughts or anything else that you want to touch on, um, feel free. It's just to drive home that point about bolstering the warrior societies. And and this support businesses of color thing, don't do that. That's that's half ass. That's like support capitalist it has no meaning first of all it's it's not enough to be anti-racist you must be anti-colonial um and that includes anti-capitalism because it's dependent on both of those for its existence right so you can't just poc everybody when indigenous people are the rightful stewards um, and then, so it's to support indigenous resistance, support indigenous revolutionaries. Okay. Cause we're the ones that make society better for everyone. We're trying to make eco villages to provide for many, many, many people's needs. Right. I see these GoFundMe's and stuff. Send some random POC some rent money so they can make it one more month. That is not sustainable. That is not sustainable. We have to be looking for collective issues to overcome uh, the, these rent crisis. And that's land. Land equals power. Land back. We are the rightful stewards. We run this shit. So you bolster us reparations like give us our shit back like you're never gonna get it nice from me you're never gonna get feel good it's not about you y'all saviors give us our, our shit back red pa- well yeah i mean other other than the return of the land and uh, return of control of the land, there is nothing that can be said, nothing that can be done that can make it right. And that right. goes that goes back to that same quote of yours, there can be no justice on stolen land. Right. Okay. Well, hey, thanks again. It's uh, always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, the platform. Much respect. Red Power. Anytime. Thank you. Red Power. Red Power.